Welcome back to the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and this is our weekly recap of five important things that happened this week. Number one, on Tuesday, President Biden announced his plan to extend Medicare solvency and lower health care costs. He plans to do that with proposals outlined in his fiscal year 2024 budget. Now, Medicare solvency refers to how much money is in the trust fund that pays for Medicare Part A benefits. From the Kaiser Family Foundation, quote, This matters because when spending exceeds income and the assets are fully depleted, Medicare will not have sufficient funds to pay hospitals and other providers for all Part A benefits that are provided in a given year, end quote. Should legislation stay as is beginning in the year 2028, the trust fund will only have enough revenue to cover 90% of Medicare Part A costs. Revenue will fall over time so that by 2046, the fund will only have enough to cover 80% of Part A costs. 2046 is the dip, and then eventually, in 2096, the trust fund will get back up to 93% revenue availability for Medicare hospital costs. President Biden's proposal extends Medicare solvency into the 2050s, which would give beneficiaries another 25 years of enjoying the same cost-free Medicare Part A benefits as long as they've worked for the required amount of time. In order to fund Medicare, Biden has proposed an increase on taxes for those who make above $400,000 a year, changing the tax rate on earned and unearned income from 3.8% to 5%. He also proposes closing loopholes that currently allow high-income individuals to, quote, shield some of their income from tax by claiming it is neither earned income nor investment income. The budget would ensure that Medicare taxes apply to incomes over $4,000 per year without loopholes, end quote. The administration would also make sure that revenue that comes from the Medicare tax goes specifically to the Medicare HI Trust Fund. Savings from prescription drug reforms are also tapped for the Medicare HI Trust Fund in the release on the proposal. So that is the Medicare solvency part. Let's move on to plans to lower costs for Medicare beneficiaries. First up, Medicare drug negotiation the administration wants to further decrease the out-of-pocket spending on those high-cost drugs that are subject to negotiation. And then for generic drugs used to treat chronic conditions, the administration would like to cap Part D cost-sharing at $2 per prescription per month. So, for example, the two conditions highlighted in the press release were hypertension and high cholesterol. The last item mentioned in the press release, calling for lower costs for behavioral health care services in Medicare. 
The administration is calling for three free mental health or behavioral health visits each year. So removing cost sharing from those types of visits. The release does acknowledge that in order for that to happen, it, quote, requires parity between physical health and mental health coverage in Medicare, end quote. And then similar to the new legislation that began this year, allowing professionals other than doctors to carry out counseling services. Biden's budget includes both coverage and payment for more new types of Medicare providers, like certified addiction counselors and peer support workers. At the very end of the press release, two interesting mentions. First, coverage for digital applications and platforms that offer mental health services as long as there is evidence to back their efficacy. And then second, I'm going to quote this here because, quote, removing unnecessary limitations on beneficiary access to psychiatric hospitals, end quote. That is a situation that isn't just affecting Medicare beneficiaries and providers, but the entire healthcare system and nation as a whole. If you've ever wondered what the coverage is like for mental health and substance use disorder for those on Medicare, we did recently publish an episode with all of that information, and we will be linking to that in the notes. Now, again, these are just proposals related to Medicare in Biden's larger overall 2024 fiscal year budget proposal. In order to become law, they have to go through the House and the Senate for approval. So it will be interesting to see what stays and what goes. Personally, I would love to see an analysis of Medicare solvency Comparing what beneficiaries might end up paying for for Part A when the fund becomes insolvent versus what they would pay annually with the tax changes Biden is recommending. I'm curious, so naturally I have to put that out into the universe. And if you know how to do those calculations or you know someone who does, please reach out. Our email is asgpodcast at ridderim.com. Number two, SNAP benefits made possible because of temporary pandemic legislation are ending or have already ended in certain states. Beneficiaries could be on Medicare, Medicaid, they could be part of the under 65 markets, but specifically for those on Medicaid, losing SNAP benefits could be the first of a one-two punch in an inflated economy. So what should agents be doing right now? Partner with your local food banks so you can connect with impacted individuals. This is a very real opportunity to help step in and make a difference for agents in both the Medicare market and the under-65 market. We talk about connecting with your community. The place to start, if you are unsure, is your own backyard. One way we recommend for agents to help these affected beneficiaries highlight Medicare Advantage plans that offer supplemental assistance, like a healthy foods card. So a quick explanation on the healthy food card benefit 
It is a grocery benefit for Medicare beneficiaries who are enrolled in a Dual Eligible Special Needs Plan, or DSNIP for short. Beneficiaries also qualify if they have certain health conditions like end-stage renal disease, cancer, or obesity. Plan members with a grocery benefit get a grocery allowance each month that allows them to buy healthy foods from participating stores like CVS, Walmart, Walgreens, Costco, and Aldi, for example. Some benefits might also cover meal delivery services. Now, food insecurity can be devastating. It is a government definition for households who are, quote, uncertain of having or unable to acquire enough food to meet the needs of all their members because they had insufficient money or other resources for food, end quote. In 2019, the most recent study available on specifically the Medicare population and food insecurity One in 10 Medicare beneficiaries reported being food insecure at some point during the year. Certainly something to think about. Number three, applications for individual life insurance policies were up in February 2023, a 3% increase in applications from February 2022. Leading the charge? Activity for applicants under the age of 30. There was an 8.9% increase in applications for individual life insurance for those under the age of 30. If it's been a while since you've broached the subject with some of your clients under the age of 30, it might be time to bring the conversation up again. Applications for the 31 to 50-year-old demographic were also up, with a 4.8% increase year over year. Now, could it all have been in response to the Life Happens Ensure Your Love campaign? They brought it back in February of 2023, and it is a campaign that targets younger demographics. It's tough to say for sure, But we will be linking to the Life Happens site in our notes. Now, if you haven't heard of it before, that is a great marketing resource for independent agents selling life insurance because they've got all kinds of pre-made marketing materials available for download and sharing. Now, of course, there are paid options. But there are also free options that include flyers, brochures, graphics, videos, even access to a limited selection of campaigns and content collections. It's a great place to find resources for those client newsletters from a reputable source. And again, we will have that link in the notes. Number four, Starbucks announced their spring menu additions this week. So we got a new cold brew flavor, cinnamon caramel cream, and it is not just here for a limited time. Starbucks has added it to their permanent menu. I'm not a huge cinnamon fan, but pairing cinnamon with caramel takes coffee from feeling like fall or Christmas to more of a cinnamon bun or monkey bread kind of vibe. That, along with the confidence Starbucks had in placing it on the permanent menu, made me want to try it. 
And that is exactly what I did yesterday. And I have to say, it's pretty tasty. I don't think it'll take the place in my heart that belongs to the salted caramel cold brew, but I did enjoy it. And I also love the fact that cold brews are traditionally much less sweet than a frappuccino. The other drink announced is only available in Canada, which is a sad, sad shame because it sounds delicious, an iced strawberry oat matcha tea latte. New cups and tumblers are also coming out. There is a checkered cold cup that I've got my eye on. Sadly, that was the only one of the new cups and tumblers that was not in my local Starbucks. But also in cake pop news, the lemon cake pop is back for spring at Starbucks. On the Dunkin' front, their spring menu has been out for a little while, maybe about two weeks. They've got a caramel chocolate cold brew that looks absolutely delicious. I need it in my life, but I haven't had a chance to stop and get one yet. They also have a new carrot cake muffin, and they brought back the Irish cream coffee flavor, as well as the chocolate croissant, which if you're going to have a croissant, always, always go for the chocolate one. It is the way to croissant. Number five, on Tuesday this week, we held our State of the Senior Market live stream event. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for those of you who registered and attended. We hope you enjoyed the presentation. Our CEO, Craig Ritter, packs in a lot of information as well as some great insight on the industry. And we had a great Q&A, a back and forth between agents in the chat, as well as agents asking questions in person. If you registered and could not attend, we will be sending out an email with a link to the recording, so be on the lookout for that. If you did not register, make sure you're following along with our podcast. We will be pulling out some highlights from Craig's presentation and bringing those to you next week. As for this week, that's all we've got. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. We will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao.